welcome to the Think MHK podcast presented by the Manhattan Area Chamber of Commerce. On this podcast, you will hear about a variety of local matters pertaining to the business community. You also hear from local business owners to hear their story and gain valuable business insights. Thanks for tuning in today. Welcome to the Think MHK podcast. We're kicking off season three with a very special guest. Uh, it's a little melancholy. Usually I'm very excited to uh, see people. And I, while I am excited to have our guest with us today, it's for a reason that makes me a little sad. Uh, we have our director of Visit Manhattan, which is our Convention Visitors Bureau, Karen Hibbert. Hey, Karen. Hey, Jason. It is great to be here. So it, it, I'm glad that you're here. But again, it's under a little bit different circumstances. We're here to discuss your pending retirement. Yes. Which is scheduled this month. Yes. And uh, just talk a little bit about your career at the chamber and and how you ended up there and and some of the accomplishments you've had over the years. Uh, but first, I just want to say, as someone who got to work with you for nearly four years, what a pleasure it is to come to the office every day. You're always very positive and always make us feel really good about our job and all the things that we're doing. And so I just want to, I'll say it, I'm sure at other places, but I just want to make sure that I said how much I enjoyed my last four years working with you. Oh, thank you very much, Jason. It has been pure joy to work for the Chamber. Uh, it really has. What a great way to be able to tell others about the community that you call home and to feel like you have a small part in making the community better. So how did you end up at the Chamber? You don't have to give years, although that's out there somewhere, so yeah. I know people have seen it. Many of our listeners will probably know this, but my very first job out of college when my husband and I came back to Manhattan in 1978 was with the Chamber of Commerce. Um, Bill Edison hired me. Bill um, was helping to make the Chamber uh, grow. Bill was the president CEO right after Lud Fisher. And the chamber at that time was uh, two women and three men in very traditional roles. We lived in Wamego uh, at the time, and I didn't want to drive for a short 15 minutes to work every day. So I was with the chamber for about a year, and then I went to work at the Caw Valley Bank. And then time goes quickly, and in 1997, it was time for me to come back to work, and I came back. I read the ad in the paper that they were hiring a convention sales manager, and I remember telling my husband, I think this job is for me. And so I did a little bit of investigation, and Becky Blake was still here, came in and turned in my resume, and I remember Becky smiling and said, you want to come back to work? <laughs> and I said, yes, I do. Would you consider me? So we set up an interview, had an interview. She offered me the job, and I will never forget this. And for those of you that know Becky, and maybe you know me and some of the skills that I have, I remember when Becky offered me the job, she said, Karen, you don't have computer skills. She said, but I can teach you computer skills. But she said, one thing that you do have, you have people skills, and I cannot teach you people skills. And so she hired me, and away I went in a blink, and now it's 26 years later. Here I am, ready to retire. And do you think you have computer skills now, or is that something? They're better, but I really have to ask a lot of people, how do you do that? Yeah. <laughs> so that's why I kind of chuckled inside <laughs> yeah, there a little real, bit. Yeah, I don't have computer skills. So when you went back 
to take the position. Did you envision that you would be there with us over two decades? No, I did not. Actually, this is not a very well-known item. But uh, actually, my husband and I were thinking that we were going to buy a newspaper and we were going to leave the community and, and purchase a newspaper. And we had discussed it at length at home. Gordon had said, uh, why? He said, babe, you probably need to brush up on some computer skills. <laughs> So I went to work thinking that I would be at the chamber, that we would be in Manhattan for just a couple more years, and then maybe we'd move away. And uh, things changed on with him and with my work and raising a family and helping change a community, and here we are. You were stuck with us. Well, that's probably lucky on your part because at that particular time, a newspaper investment might have been okay, but it's been, as somebody who's who came out of the journalism industry, that has definitely been a struggle. Oh, absolutely. We see that as protection along the way, but we chuckle over that as to, that was really kind of one of the motivating factors of going back to work. So what made you get up and go to the office every day for 25 years? Well, besides the fact that I got to tell bad jokes on a regular basis. No, that's, now listen, <laughs> I'm going to interrupt here for just a minute because- and I, and I know our producer, Dave Lewis, is is on the mic as well. But Dave, I have to tell you, I have not worked with anybody who has more bad jokes than Karen Hibbert. <laughs> I don't know many people that gets more bad jokes. And, and, and rarely are there any good ones. Either. No, there are very <laughs> I mean, few good ones. She's got a jokes. widespread oh, of jokes to tell. I but. do. I do. Yeah. So, But we're not here to talk about jokes. We're here to talk about what makes me get up and go to work every day. I, I really believe that it's because I love I love this community. Um, it has been such joy to watch the community grow and change. And certainly there have been challenges along the way. There have been times that I have been more than discouraged. It's knowing that at the end of the day, maybe you have worked with a meeting planner. Maybe it's been a coworker. Maybe it has been a hotelier. Maybe it's been someone that has stepped into our office for the very first time, that maybe by having a conversation with them, you've made a difference. And so that's what has motivated me to come to work every day. And what are some of the biggest projects over the years that stick out to you when you think about your career? One was when we still didn't have a conference center in the mix but we were confident that that was about to happen. Because my husband had been involved with Kansas Farm Bureau for many, many years, and we had, as a family, had gone to the annual meeting many, many times, not in Manhattan, Kansas. And I always thought it'd be great to get that meeting to meet in Manhattan. I remember having a conversation with him after I had gone home and said, I'm determined to bring KFB's annual meeting to Manhattan. And he said, that'll never happen. <laughs> and sure enough, it did. And I will be forever grateful to Farm Bureau and those, those leaders that really said, yes, we can bring that in. That meeting looked a lot different then because they had to utilize the home office. They had to utilize the student union. They had to house their members in all different hotels. We helped with getting transportation to get people into those um, to their meeting venues. But it took a lot of work on our part, on Visit Manhattan's part, in order to make that happen. We had meetings where we brought our hoteliers in and said, let's 
let's work to see how we can make that become a reality. And so for that organization to choose to meet in Manhattan and that to then believe that the conference center was going to become a reality really was a huge accomplishment for us to be able to um, make happen. Then I think that the redevelopment with the, the lodging being as it is and the attraction put into place. You're talking about downtown redevelopment. Downtown, yes. The downtown redevelopment was really fun. Um, I, I might share with you, as you can imagine, we brought in a lot of consultants to help us we worked with JLL, and we didn't want them to come in to tell us what we wanted them. We wanted them to look at us objectively to see if a conference center really would be beneficial to our community. Tony Peterman was the gentleman that we worked with, and um, I will never forget, we he came in in the springtime. Well, what do we do in the spring? We burn the prairie, right? And Tony came in on an April morning, very, very early, and he was coming from California. And I had failed to tell him that there might be burning that he might experience as he came into Kansas. He came in, we had a seven o'clock meeting that morning, and the very first thing he said when he came in, he didn't say good morning, he didn't say hello. He said, Karen, please tell me that that burning that I saw was on purpose. And I went, Oh, yes, we do have prairie burning. <laughs> and so I've always remembered that because, again, with the redevelopment with the Flint Hills Discovery Center coming online, that, again, just solidified to me the significance of bringing that attraction to life was that many times there are travelers, visitors that came in, come into Manhattan in the springtime that do wonder, why are we burning the prairie, you know, and for what is that reason? So Yeah, I didn't know till I moved here. So it was good. It was good information to get. Absolutely. So Farm Bureau is the largest event we have on a regular basis, correct? Yes. So do you rub Gordon's nose into it? Oh, uh, maybe I might remind him of that from time to time. <laughs> and where was it before? Just, did they move it around or was it? It was in Wichita. We, we brought it back from Wichita. So and prior to it being in Wichita, it had been in Topeka. But for staff, and again, as we were talking, earlier about newspaper, as you can imagine, equipment. If you had to load up Dave's office now, just the technology that that went with the communications team, it was a lot. Some of those was back in the day when you were loading up big old typewriters that right. you were carrying. And so it just made sense. So the staff was definitely on your side staff in terms of bringing it to Manhattan. was definitely on our side. Well, that's good. And it is a big event. And of course, the conference center has been just a huge addition to this community that when you started, you can't couldn't have even probably imagined having something like that to sell and absolutely now you've got this facility absolutely. To sell, so. so you've obviously had some big wins uh, in your career, but occasionally there are the disappointments as well. and and I've come out of economic development where it has very similar where you're competing for different kinds of projects and you win some and you lose some, and the losses seem to hurt uh, more than then maybe the winds feel good, but um, any disappointments that that you've had that that if in hindsight you would have done something different, or or maybe things that you just are, were just disappointed about. You are exactly right. There are always going to be disappointments. Disappointments of when you have made um, where your staff has has bid on conferences, have put not just weeks, but literally months of time and effort into uh, a proposal and those things don't come to be. Those are disappointing and those do kind of take the wind out of your sails. 
probably certainly the one big one that had a big disappointment for our community was the loss of Country Stampede. Um, that was very much a disappointment for that to go to a competing city. I do like to look at things in a positive light. Um, we gave birth to that event, and those that came before me uh, were the ones that, that created that event and helped make that uh, grow. But that became a really a June tradition. We knew that summer was here when Stampede was here. But like all things, things uh, grow, change, evolve, and sometimes they have a slow death. And certainly Stampede, with the way that entertainment is, uh, the cost of entertainment, I can guarantee you that the cost of entertainment that very first year was a heck of a lot uh, less than it is now. And so um, there will be more events that will come as we see redevelopment continuing on with Aggieville and then the other businesses that have come up around the community. I'm positive that in the next 20, 25 years, Manhattan will yet have another signature event that puts Manhattan on the map in a big, big way. Yeah. And I know I was, that was the first year I was here. So obviously it was a, it was a disappointment for me as well. And I know your team took it really hard because you worked your tails off every year putting that on and setting, you know, I, I, I think you told me one time you probably set up 175,000 chairs over the At years. At least. <laughs> um, getting ready for that event. And it was just a scenario as we talked about it. We had temporary facilities. We didn't have permanent facilities. And so they would spend a, a half a million dollars before they even signed their first act. Absolutely. And it just became a situation in today's market that – that became financially, it just wasn't viable um, anymore. And it's very disappointing, uh, but we'll continue to work on uh, replacements and and whether we do need to build long-term um, infrastructure to support that or not. The one thing I will say is we just wrapped up a strategic planning process uh, to prepare for your departure because uh, we want to make sure that we that you've all this knowledge in your head. Now we have, we have to get it all before you leave. But one of the things the consultant said was you, you have seven festivals a year. They're Saturday football games right. and you have 50, 60,000 people that come to town for those. And, and I think that's something to remember as well as, you know, we've, we've spent a lot of money on the infrastructure to accommodate those and, and, and we get them and, and so we shouldn't overlook that as being something really important as well. Absolutely. And Kansas State has always played a big part in why people come to Manhattan. Whether you are a graduate or have come to enjoy athletic events, those folks that know Manhattan are also eager to see what else does Manhattan have to offer. And certainly the community in itself has a lot to uh, keep people busy with. So it's a great community and you all have done a great job in your time there and so um, I, I think I think we'll have a lot of opportunities for big events going forward. Who are some of the people that have made the biggest impact on your career? Well, certainly I had the great pleasure of working with Becky Blake, um, who was a great boss, but also we had the rarity of not only uh, being co-workers, but we also became friends. Becky certainly was one that I truly cherished 
uh, the ability to learn from and to learn how to um, promote this community from. So there are also countless people across the state of Kansas, some that have gone on, um, that have, have passed on, but some that uh, still have had an impact in my life. I am very uh, thankful for those folks that I've had the opportunity of working with regionally as well. I think in the last 26 years, we have seen an effort for um Manhattan to be a very active part of the Flint Hills region. And there have been many things that have played into that. But some of the activities that happen throughout the throughout a 12-month time frame, throughout a year in the Flint Hills region, uh, have been wonderful events to be a part of. Well, Karen, uh, we're going to take a break. So I think you can stick with us for a second segment. I'm happy to. All right. Uh, we'll be back in just a moment with the Think MHK podcast. The Think MHK podcast is brought to you by the Manhattan Area Chamber of Commerce. Don't forget to subscribe and like the Think MHK podcast on your preferred podcast provider, and you will never risk missing an episode. If you enjoyed our show, please give us a five-star rating and leave a review. To find out more about today's topic or other chamber activities, please go to manhattan.org. And now back to today's show. Okay, we're back at the Think MHK podcast, and we've had a couple of guests join us. Uh, we, uh, Dave should have had the mic on. It was quite the uh, the the uh, <laughs> reunion. Although I think you guys see each other enough that it shouldn't have been that big a deal. Well, but, we do, but I was surprised. <laughs> so in the interim, we've had Becky Blake, who is the former uh, CVB director and, of course, state tourism director as well, join us. You heard Karen reference her earlier, and we have my predecessor, Lyle Butler, who was the chamber president for the majority of. Karen's tenure as the director of Visa Manhattan. Welcome to the Think MHK podcast, guys. Hey, it's great. Yeah, I'm happy <laughs> to be here. We're, we're, of course, Lyle's been with us before. You were uh, on yeah. last season, but yeah. Becky's this is your first time. It so, is. Yeah, and and of course on our producer Dave Lewis, who I've asked to join the conversation as well, uh, who's worked with Karen quite a bit as a board member and a community member. And so, Becky, I want to ask you first. So, Karen talked about um, how she was hired and. And that uh, you, you mentioned that she had good people skills, but no computer skills. And we can <laughs> confirm that the computer skills issue maybe isn't. It's just a little better. It's a little better. But what is it? You obviously knew Karen, but what was it that made you decide to hire her to start with as the convention sale? Because she hadn't didn't have any experience in that. I was always taken by her personality. And, you know, I'm a bit of an introvert, Karen, and I were a good, were a we're a good team because uh, she is an extrovert, and I'm sure I had been advertising for the position, and a phone call came, and I hadn't seen or talked to Karen in a good long time, and she said, you know, I think I'm ready to go back to work, and I'm kind of interested in this convention sales job, and I thought, yay! <laughs> and uh yeah, that's exactly what she said. I don't have any experience, and I don't know anything about computers. And <laughs> Anyway, I knew she was the right person from the moment she called, and I'm glad she did call because she was the right person. I said, Karen, we can teach you all the rest. Yeah. You've got the personality. That's for an this interesting job. reminder because I think sometimes we get so caught up in this idea that you know these new that when we hire these people, they have to have certain skill sets and. I think sometimes you just have to hire the best person. Yeah. So speaking of that, when when you left and and of course Lyle was here at that point when and became the director of uh, tourism for the state, 
was it just automatic? Oh, this is Karen's job, or was there some discussion, or how how did oh, that go? There was go lots about? of discussion. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of gave Lyle an ultimatum. I think after he picked himself up on, off the floor when I told him I was considering taking a job in uh, Topeka, I said, but there's one condition. I want I want Karen to carry on. You know, I'd done this for so long, and it was just me in the beginning. And I, it was my child, and I just wasn't willing to hand it over to anybody. So Lyle and I talked about it and just made perfect sense for Karen. She had the experience and the knowledge and her computer skills were a little better. <laughs> the computer skills were better, but when I talked to Karen, one of the things that she said, I don't do this very well, and I'm going, hmm, budgets. Yes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And she said, I, I said, Karen, we'll help you. I said, you know, we'll, we'll do that. She said, oh, well, Becky had this all figured out and she had it all laid out and how it worked. She said, I don't know how to do that. Well, I said, we'll learn. All right. And so I think she struggled with that every year. I have to tell you, maybe she still does, but every year she hated budget time when I, when Brenda or I would come around and say, well, Karen, and with the CVB, she had to go before the city commission because it's a transient guest tax, and Brecky did too. So she had to do her work several months before the rest of the staff had to do our budget work. She didn't do well in, in that. She got very uptight, very nervous. and So you're the reason I have gray hair. Yeah. Those budgets well, are the reason I have yeah, gray well, hair. Yeah, well, I will, I will say this, and <laughs> I, I got to where, because she still stressed over it and i would say karen you're a lot better at this and you give your credit you give yourself credit for it. this um just quit worrying about it. it it all works out right it's and and i said at the end of the day it's almost like she want we have to hit this right on the nose i said they're guardrails they're not you don't have to be specific they're they're just ideas so. tried to tell her that and, <laughs> she didn't listen and, and, to me either, no right? i shouldn't listen to me either and then the other thing is i could never get her to spend all the money i said the money is there to market and that's what we need to do. And she was, I mean, you talk about somebody that was a good steward mm -hmm. of tax money. Mm -hmm. um, Karen uh, was outstanding with that. Um, and so she did a great job and she had a lot of respect from the city, all the city commissioners um, uh, had respect for her and her budget and her presentation that she presented every single year. Well, let's let's think about that because this is an area that that I don't think Karen gets enough credit for that I got to witness because she didn't spend a lot of money. She had some money in reserves, and when COVID hit, uh, they they paid us half of what they were supposed to pay us in 2020. But there were a lot of contracts that were in place that we couldn't break, and and a lot of projects that were ongoing that we couldn't stop. And so we lost a lot of money that year because, but unfortunately we had money in reserves and, and we're able to, to pay that back. But in the meantime, she's, she's built the reserves back up because she is better hard at cheapskate. Not to where they were prior to COVID. And you're exactly right. My frugality um, did save us during COVID. And that was, that was when you ask about disappointments or challenges in the community, none of us thought that we would ever live through days of just real direness of is this what's this community going to look like when we get out of COVID? And that hit the travel industry more than any Very other hard. industry. And mm -hmm. and we met in January or excuse me in February for our uh, tourism our CVB committee, and, and it was great to hear the hotel uh, operators talk about get things getting back to where they were pre-COVID. So it sounds like 
things are going better. Becky, from a statewide perspective, what's well, how do people feel about Karen? What do they What do they think about her across Kansas? Oh, she's very, very highly regarded. Um, you know, she served as president of the Travel Industry Association of Kansas um, one year and um, was in leadership roles probably every year with that organization. Manhattan is a shining star in, in the state and has been for a long time. As other communities have struggled with organizational challenges, budget challenges political challenges. Manhattan has just been pretty steady. And I always credited that to the relationship between the city and the chamber and, and frankly, the CVB staff and how they related. Because, you know, many tourism organizations are separate or uh, have become separate through the years. Some have gone back to um, the chambers. Others are part of governmental uh, entities. But Karen has She's just done a terrific job leading. There's been a lot of turnover. I feel like when I was in the position, we had um, folks that had served for a good long time, just as it would be as uh, people aged. I think Karen saw a lot more turnover in the positions across the state than maybe I had to I had to deal with. But she was a steadfast leader and um, certainly was leading one of the um, best organizations within the state. And, and Law, from your perspective, and you were chamber president for 20 years, 20 plus years, uh, what, was it, what was the advantage of having somebody um, like Karen in the position basically nearly your whole tenure? Yeah, I, well, between Becky first and, and then Karen, I mean, it was... It's a dream come true when you can have somebody that is already in a position. And um, my philosophy in management was if they're good people and they know what they're doing, I'm there to to if they want advice um, and to help a little bit with some guardrails, but not many. And Karen just ran the program. Becky did too, but but Karen followed it, did the same thing. And I think just because what Becky said, even though I was with the chamber, but even when I would go to chamber statewide events, uh, people would come up to me unsolicited and say, you know, you're really lucky to have Karen Hibbard coming from the chamber perspective. Um, and I think that, so it, it crossed over beyond just the Convention and Visitors Bureau. Karen could probably run for governor. She's so popular across the state. People know her. Nobody has sold Manhattan better than Karen Hibbard. Dave Lewis, we always used to call Mr. Manhattan. Well, there's uh, Ms. or Mrs. Manhattan right there. Don't pair her up with me. <laughs> okay, I, mean, I won't. She, that, 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 that would be an insult to her. <laughs> All right, well, scratch that. You can okay. erase that, We Dave. We know what you mean. We yeah, know what you we mean. know what you mean. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it just it's wonderful when you have employees like that. Yeah. And, and, and you don't, I don't even go to bed at night and think, oh, gosh, I wonder what the convention visitors are going to do or, uh, you know, what are they going to say or – Karen understood it, and she understood the big perspective, and she was a team player. And I think, as as uh, some listeners may not know, is that we have three divisions in the chamber. We have the traditional chamber, we have the CVB, and we have economic development. And a lot of times, those entities don't get along well, and they separate, as Becky says, or they come back together. And Karen was a team player, 100%. And it was a team player with the city, a team player with all the staff at the chamber. I've been in the chamber business now nearly 30 years. And uh, I've never worked with anybody as loyal and dedicated as Karen is. And so uh, I would definitely reiterate that. Also, as a community, just how lucky Manhattan is to have had Becky and Karen as the only, really the only two directors ever 
of the CVB. I know there were some early on, but um, but definitely for the last nearly 45 years. And so as a community, we've been really fortunate. And now somebody has to come in and try to be the next in that line. And and uh, so it'll be interesting to, to see how that process goes. And, and we're excited about it. We have Dave Lewis, our producer, the uh, person here at uh, the Ad AstraCast studio that's in charge of everything. Um, Dave, you've been in the community and worked with uh, CVB for a long time. Talk about the community's perspective on uh, Karen's work at the CVB over the last 20 years. As far as the community's perspective, I think that you just look around and see how vibrant we are and how well-established we have become when you take into consideration some of the great things that we've had. You know, we talk about the Conference Center, um, Flint Hills Discovery Center. There are so many great things that this community has added over the last several years and all the different events. And, you know, Becky, I know you were at the forefront of Country Stampede, and, and that was great to have that as long as we had it. You know, disappointing that, you know, it found another home, but still, you know, it, it just shows how we've had some great leadership with both Becky and Karen in that capacity. I don't know how many times I've had Karen on the radio, and I don't know that there has ever been a bigger ray of sunshine on the radio. And uh, she has such an extreme positive approach to everything. She's a problem solver. She has a great vision. And, you know, the relationships she has, bad jokes or not, she gets things done. And, uh, you know, it's uh, I was on the CVB steering committee for a number of years. And and thanks to Karen, I'm back for just a one-year stint. But but it's... uh, I always look forward to those opportunities because, you know, you know, I've, I've, I got to see Karen grow in that position. You know, there's no greater advocate for the city of Manhattan than Karen Hibbert. I agree with that 100 percent. So we're getting to the end of our episode, Karen, and, and you get last word since you're the guest of honor. The question that I had, and, and you can take this wherever you want, but how do you want to be remembered by the community? Well, first of all, you all are very, very kind in your comments. I appreciate those. Those mean a lot to me. Um, I have been extremely honored to serve in this capacity. I'm not dying. (laughs) (laughs) I've just got a lot of candles on my birthday cake, y'all. And it's time for me to step away. But what a pleasure it has been to serve not only the Chamber of Commerce, but to to serve this community in this capacity. I love Manhattan. I love nothing more than being able to say, have you been to the Flint Hills Discovery Center? (laughs) Have you played golf at Colbert Hills? Have you tried the new restaurant in town? Did you know you can zip line here in Manhattan? To be able to introduce to visitors, whether they come here often or whether they are here for the very first time, I love to tell the story of what there is to see and do in Manhattan and in the Flint Hills region. So it's been a pleasure. It's been a real honor to serve, and Manhattan will always be my home. So thank you, each and every one of you, for the place that you have played in my career. You will forever be dear, dear friends to me. Thank you. Uh, Becky and Lyle, thank you so much for being with us today and helping us celebrate the career of Karen Hibbert, who uh, is wrapping up uh, a long stint with the Manhattan Area Chamber of Commerce as director of Visit Manhattan. And Karen, we're we're going to miss you, uh, even though I know you'll come in and see us. And what we didn't talk about is one of the reasons you're retiring is new grandbaby 
in the Dallas area. And so we know you'll be taking a lot of trips to the DFW. You know, you can fly MHK. Uh, Look at that. (laughs) You can. But but we know you're going to enjoy being a grandma and getting to spend time with your family and Gordon. But but make sure you come by and see us, and and uh, you can even tell a bad joke. Oh, good. <laughs> so, and again, Dave, thanks for thanks for joining us and producing uh, our podcast. And I'm looking forward to this season. We have a, a lot of interesting topics, including every one of the 15 under 40 this season. So, uh, and that was an event we had uh, in January where we honored 15. Uh, individuals uh, in the region um, who have achieved a lot in a relatively short time. And so I'm excited to get for, for all of our listeners to get to meet those folks. So thanks for being with us today and we'll look forward to uh, season three. Thanks for listening to this episode of Think MHK, a podcast produced by the Manhattan Area Chamber of Commerce. If you enjoyed the Think MHK podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe and share it out on your social media channels. Feel free to reach out to us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at the Manhattan Area Chamber of Commerce. Thank you.